Welcome to On Course, the teaching ministry of Pastor Hart Ramsey, where we offer simple biblical insight into some of life's most pressing issues. What if I told you that a lot of the pain and difficulty and adversity you're experiencing is simply God aligning your now so you can be prepared for your tomorrow? Prepare for the next few minutes to be encouraged, enlightened, and inspired. Let's join Pastor Ramsey and get On Course. Everybody think that when, when Israel left Egypt, they went, they went to the promised land. But they stopped at 40 different places. And I'm going to tell you how I know those 40 places were significant. The Holy Spirit mentions the name of each place. And when you start looking at the definition of the names, you go, oh my God, there's a story here. God is trying to tell you something about how he leads his people. I only picked five. I'm not, I only picked five to show you. I hope you would go and study them yourself. But the Bible says in Numbers chapter 33, verse 1. God is speaking to Moses. He said, this is the route, or, or Moses is writing this. He said, this is the route the children of Israel followed as they marched out of Egypt under the leadership of Moses and Aaron, verse 2. And at the Lord's direction, Moses kept a written record of their progress. He kept a what? Okay, so now, if, if, if you're going to do, if God is going to speak to you through this, what's the first thing you see you need to do about your progress? You need a diary. You need to write down what God is saying to you, what you feel in your heart. Write down the things that impressed you, the things that hurt you. Write, the, write down the people that bless you. Write down the people that confuse you, the ones that hurt you. Not, not so you can go back over it and, and relive it, but so you can have a record of it. He says they kept a record. Moses kept a record, and the Lord told him to. He said, keep a record of, of your progress. These are the stages of their march identified by the different places where they stopped along the way. So watch this now. The Bible says now that as God moved them in stages, they ended up in places. Can I ask you a question? What place are you in? I'm going to talk. Let me go first. I went to a place where I wake up feeling dry and empty. Couldn't find God when I prayed. Wondering what's going on. Start coming through this time where I was battling depression. I'm talking about strong depression. The kind of depression that made you wonder, oh my God, is something wrong physically? I was so depressed. So everything, any little negative thing just made me want to get in the bed and pull the covers over my head. I was, that's that place. It, it was a stage of, of, of my, my transition. This stage of, of, of always, I was easily wounded, very vulnerable to people's attack and, and to negative things happening. It's, nothing seemed to be going right. I seemed like God put me in a position where I had no control over the, the, even the things I was responsible for. I had no authority in them. It was a stage that I was going through. But the place I was in was called depression. Where you at? Who am I talking to? No, no, you, I, I need you. I need you, to, I need you to be honest right here. You can't, God can't fix what you won't face. Let me show you something. That's just a stage. What God is, what he taught me in this is when I get to the place where I'm discouraged and disappointed, he would provoke me to praise him there. He would, he would demand of me an offering of thanksgiving. He would, act, he, he would provoke me to try to find something that I could thank him for. 
Watch this now. And he taught me how to say, watch this now, I have no control over anyone but me. Say that out loud. Say, I have no control over anyone but me. And so what I started to do, here's what I started to do. I started to watch the way I was behaving and the way I was responding, the way I was responding to God. And you know what happened? The stage passed and I moved to another place. And this place is being hungry for the Holy Spirit to lead me in everything I do. Stages and places. And here's the thing. God will make you to stop along the way. You're not passing through them. You will stop there. Look at the next verse. It says, verse, they set out from, from the city of Ramses early in the spring on the 15th day of the month on the morning after the first Passover celebration. The people left defiantly in full view of all the Egyptians. Now, wait a minute. What's important about Ramses? Here's what's important about the city of Ramses. What, the city of Ramses it was, was an established place for Israel. That's the city that Joseph, when he was prime minister, gave to his father. It, it was a place of tradition. It was a place of their heritage and their history. It was a place that they were accustomed to. It was home. I think the scripture Genesis, uh, what is it? Genesis 47, 11. I want to kind of point it out for them. Is it that? Genesis chapter 47, verse 11, real fast. Here's what it says. So Joseph assigned the best land of Egypt. Everybody said the best land. He assigned the best land of Egypt, which was the region of Ramses to his father and his brothers. And he settled them there just as Pharaoh had commanded. It was, they, were, they weren't just leaving anywhere. They were leaving the best land in Egypt. Their transition started... By them leaving something they were accustomed to that was better than other places. And the next place they go to is a place called Sukkoth. Sukkoth literally means tents or temporary dwelling places or watch this, make do. And so the first thing when God moves you from a Ramses, from a place where, where it's, it's a superior dwelling place, he takes you to a place, the second stage of your transition in your, process, in your progress is you have to make do. Everybody say make do. Some of you are right now in a place where you're having to make do. I'm looking for you. Yeah, you have to make do. And here's the thing. When, in in Sukkoth, there is where God says, in, in this place of Sukkoth, I, I need you. Uh, give me uh, verse 4, please. Of, of, yeah. Meanwhile, the Egyptians were, bur uh, were burying their... Go back to verse 3. Okay, go to verse 4. Meanwhile, the Egyptians were burying all their firstborn sons whom the Lord had killed the night before. The Lord defeated the gods of, the, of Egypt that night with a great acts of judgment. Verse 5, after leaving Ramses, the Israelites set up camp in Sukkoth. So here's what happens. So they leave, they, they leave Ramses, and the Egyptians are mad. They're burying the dead, and, and they just dawn on them. The people are leaving, and then they set up camp in a place called Sukkoth. Look at verse 6. Now, the Bible doesn't say a lot about Sukkoth, so I'm going to give you some, some uh, fast information about it. And all it is, here's a word, the term, is stop gap measures. What happens in Sukkoth is I, I, I come to terms with the fact that I just left a really good place. I just left a really good job. I just left a really happening city. I just left, watch this, I just left my parents' house. I just graduated from, from college. Oh my God, what am I, and it's all new to you. And the Bible calls it the place of booths or temporary dwelling places because you're not going to be there long. Notice uh, um, in verse 5, go to verse 5, after the Ramses had come to uh, uh, set up camp in Sukkoth, in verse 6 it says, then they left. It didn't even say nothing about it, just you left. 
So you're not going to be in this place long. Don't worry about that place. But the next place is important. Then they left Sukkot and camped at Etham on the edge of the wilderness. And Etham is an interesting spot because by definition, Etham is a place, is the first time where they saw the pillar of fire by night and the pillar of cloud by day. It's the first time that God starts doing physical things to show you he's the one that's leading you. So after you leave Sukkoth, how many of you, you say, you, Pastor, I feel like I'm in, a, in this, I'm just making do right now. Let me see. Okay, here's the next thing to expect. The next thing you expect is for God to start doing physical things. He's going to start doing things, and they're not going to just be one day, two days. He's going to set up like a, 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 like a, a courier system, like a, a blessing system for you. People will be giving to you and sowing to you and doing things. Do not become dependent on that. God is just trying to show you that he knows where you are. Watch this. And he knows where you're going. Ethan is a powerful, the, um, I wish I had the script, the, I think it's Exodus chapter 20, or verse 1, no, Exodus, what is it, Exodus chapter, some of you want to write this down. It's in Exodus chapter 13, verses 20 and 21. It's up there. The, Israel, the Israelites left camp, uh, left Sakuth and camped at Ethan on the edge of the wilderness. Look at verse 21. The Lord went ahead of them. He guided them during the day, pillar of cloud, light by night, pillar of fire. This allowed them to travel. He, what God does, he, he sets things up for you so your journey won't be so difficult. So you go from Ramses, a brief state at this place where it's called Make Do Sukkoth, and then from here, I go to Etham where God plants me here to show me that I know where you are. I got you. You in my heart. I'm the one that's doing this. I'm not doing this for me. I'm doing this transition for you. You need me to do this. I am growing you up. I'm taking you in. I'm taking off of you the things the devil put on you. But you need this process. Somebody shout say, I need this process. God, I'm working hard today. Let me show you the next verse. The Bible says, then they left Etham and turned back toward Pi Harihoth. Harihoth. And I pronounced it, I practiced it this morning, God knows. Opposite of Beelzephon and camp near Migdal. Now, I want to show you something. Um, go back to verse 6. Okay, go, let me get verse 7. I, I want to show you this. Go to verse 7. Okay, so notice the three, there are three cities that's there. They left Etham. They went to Pi, uh, Hiharoth, opposite of, uh, opposite of Beelzephon, and came to Migdal. Look at verse 8. Then they left Perak and crossed the Red Sea. Let me show you what's crazy about this. When you look at this, this place, Pi uh, Haharoth, in Exodus chapter 14, verses 1 through 4, this is the place where God gives you a direction that has nothing to do with you. I'm going to show you this and we're going to end right here. At this place, Pi, and it's hard to pronounce, it's Haharoth. Haharoth, okay? And Pihiharoth, what God decides to do, you will see it right here. The Lord, then the Lord gave uh, these instructions to Moses, verse 2. Order the Israelites, watch this now, to turn back and camp at Pihiharoth between Migdal and the sea. He said, camp there along the shore across from Behazephon. Why? Here's why. Look at verse 3. Then Pharaoh will think that you're confused. He will think you're confused. He will think you're trapped. God, what are you doing? I'm using you as bait. We know a lot of things about self, but we just don't know that sometimes God uses us as bait. There are people who've been doing wickedly for a long time. They have, they've defied every plan that God ever made. 
in the generation. There are institutions who are set up to finance oppression and ill-treat people. And God is going to allow you to get caught in a situation. So on the, on the, on the, there's a video release and a young lady went to swim in the pool and this guy comes and he has a good job and he's in a high position and he treated her like dirt. Called the police on her. To put, when the whole thing was over, he gets fired from a high profile position. What she went through was horrible, but God used her as bait. Let me show you something. So when you move from Ramses, you go to Succoth. When you come to Etham, God is working with you. But when you come to Piharoth, what God is doing here, he will have you in Piharoth is a triangular circle. You're going from here over again, Baal Zephon, and you're going over to this other place, and you, and you say... And the enemy's watching you thinking they're confused. They lost. They don't know what they're doing. Are they, are we got that. They mess up. And they don't understand God is having you go in a circle to draw them in closer. Why? Because the very next thing that God's going to tell you to do is he's going to tell you to tell Moses, lift your rod. I'll part the sea. You go through the sea. And when you go through this difficult situation, when you go through this impossible situation, the enemy will try to follow you. And when he tries to follow you, I will swallow him up in there. And you will never see him again Father we I wish I had more time to preach this but where you lead me I would follow where you lead me I'll follow where you lead me I will follow I'll go with you. I'll go with you. Hallelujah. Is that your testimony wherever you lead me? Would you lift your hands to the Lord and tell him? Say, will you lead me? I will follow. He has a plan. He's working something out. Life has been hard in places and it seems like God has forgotten where you are. He's not answering prayers. Those who have done you wrong looks like they're getting away with it. And God is like, let me lead you. Just follow. Transition has a purpose. It demands preparation. It requires a process. The end game is to make progress on your way. Stay tuned for more of today's teaching with Pastor Hart Ramsey. Imagine being filled with a peace so deep that the world around you can't touch it. Pastor Hart Ramsey is on a mission to help believers understand what it means to have a healthy, prayer-based relationship with God. He's doing that through his brand new book titled Seeking Answers, Finding Rest Through Prayer. Prayer at first was a struggle because, you know, it, it really takes faith to pray. You have to, you have to trust that God is like a person, he's a real person, and that he's the one that invented the concept of prayer. In this book, you'll learn how to ensure your relationship with God is based on a new and improved covenant, which dangerous prayer habits to avoid, and what to do when prayer doesn't yield the answers you want. 
It's time to trust God enough to make your prayer life truly about Him. Pick up your copy of Seeking Answers, Finding Rest Through Prayer from Hart Ramsey, available now at Amazon, iTunes, and wherever books are sold. We got something to say. Listen! Did you know that there is power in your words? Cement that with the brand new remixes to the single, It Is So, from Hart Ramsey and the NCC Family Choir. Pick up the remixes to It Is So from Hart Ramsey and the NCC Family Choir. Available now at all digital outlets. Let's go! Now let's get back to today's teaching with Pastor Hart Ramsey. So I want to talk to you on this uh, topic of God's plan for your transition. Your life is shifting. Whether you know it or not, whether you like it or not. Your life is always trying to change. You're going somewhere. God did not send you to the earth to be in one spot, one place, one time, one season. Your life goes through seasons. That's how you bear fruit. How you mature, how you grow is because you've been through some stuff. And some of you are still in the coming out process. And God has sent me this weekend to talk to all the congregations about this particular topic of transition. Numbers chapter 33 on the screen. I'm going to do this as quickly as I can. This is part one of three-part series. It's going to speak to you. you know, there's tissue somewhere. The ushers will be glad to give you tissues as you begin to, to deal with whatever may come up or come out. The Lord is going to minister to you about where you've been. Do you know that some people in the room, people next to you, um, were forced into a situation where the person that they depended on the most in their lives probably died suddenly and because they were the person who had to be thrust into the position to handle all the details they never grieved when you heard about the divorce you it wasn't your decision it's just something that happened and you don't even know to this day what caused it you just know that you were married and now you're not you thought you were the high performer in your job when they announced pink slips, you thought, well, surely, hard as I work, it won't be me. But you got the first one. And it seemed like everything you've been praying about, everything that you talked to God about, everything you were prophesying over other people didn't happen for you. And you don't know why. And being the trooper you are and the person who never closes the deal, you just soldiered on with life never asked a question but somewhere buried on the inside of you are questions about transition and so I want to speak to those today. We'll begin light and get a little bit heavier next week by the grace of God by the third week we should be all the way through this God wants to speak to you everyone say God wants to speak to me if you don't know your neighbor why don't you introduce yourself quickly and tell get their names and then tell them God wants to speak to you just do it real quickly God wants to speak to you God wants to speak to you. Amen. Hallelujah. All right. You meet somebody? You don't even know the person's name? You just told them, didn't you? Disobedient. All right. (laughs) 
Numbers chapter 33 and verse 1. I'm going to read just a piece. Matter of fact, be seated in the presence of the Lord. Let me just start. Can I do that? So the Bible speaks of, I want to give me King James because I want to do this from the King James about, the Bible talks about this issue of transitioning. In this chapter, Numbers chapter 33, I'm studying the topic of transition and I come across Numbers chapter 33 and I promise you I'm not a slouch when it comes to studying the Bible. I'm very intense and intentional about it. And I stumbled upon Numbers chapter 33 and wondered why in the world I've never seen this chapter before. It's almost like it's God just put it in the Bible, but it wasn't. Let me tell you what's going on. Numbers is a a book in the Bible that begins with, it's called Numbers because after Israel comes out of Egypt, they camp out at Mount Sinai for one solid year. There they get to know the law of God, and there they're introduced to God. And one of the first things that happens in the book of Numbers is that they number the people in Israel, who were, who were able to fight. We know that there were 600,000 men that marched out of, of Egypt from bondage. The Bible counted 600,000 men, not women and children. The number comes up to right at 2 million people marching out of slavery into freedom, but God does it transitionally. When God frees his people, when God moves his people, he never does it all at once. It happens transitionally. So I'm going to introduce you to this and then I'm going to go to that. In the Bible, there are at least five words. There are more, but I have five on my mind. Five words that translates to know or knowledge. To know or knowledge. In the Hebrew, the word yada means to listen or to hear. And from hearing, I know. I, I gain knowledge from listening or from hearing. The word yada. As a matter of fact, if you ever watch the old Seinfeld episode, they would say yada, yada, yada. I know, I know, I know. That's the Hebrew word for knowledge. In the, in the New Testament, though, there's a, there are many words. One comes to mind, the word eidos. E-I-D-O-S. Eidos means I, I, it's knowledge gained from seeing. It's like I, I, I can see it. Has someone ever explained something to you and you go, oh, I see. That's eidos. What, what you're saying is, I get it. It's the get it kind of knowledge. And then you move from idols to, I don't remember this exact word, but it translates in our English language as the word idea. It is the kind of knowledge that gives you creativity. When you hear, you can build. When you hear, you can make something. Once you get it, you can actually expand it. That's that kind of knowledge. Then there's the other kind of knowledge. It's called epigenosco. Epi means above or superior. Genosco means to know. This is a different kind of knowledge because this does not come from education. Epigenosco is the kind of knowledge that, that you, you come into a situation, someone is talking to you, and it just pops up in your heart. He lying. You, you have no proof of it. You have no, you just know in here, your head cannot quantify or even put together a case against this rascal, but you know he lying. Women call it intuition. Men call it just not being a punk. We understand that he lying. That, that is, in the, the Greeks call it epigonosco. It's a downloaded knowledge where God himself by his spirit will bypass your head and impregnate your heart with information where you know something in here, but you can't prove it up here. You ever been there? That's called epigonosco. That's, that's, in, in, the, in the Bible, when the Holy Spirit is involved, we call it revelation knowledge, epigonosco. But there's a word, the word is gnosko, G-I-N-O-S-K-O, the word gnosko. 
This word uh, speaks to fragmentary knowledge or fragmented knowledge, pieces of knowledge. Acknowledge is it's knowledge gained by experience. It's knowledge that I accumulate over, over the, the course of my life. I gather information, and as I gather information, I can come to a place where I look at all I've gathered and say, that's the Lord. Knowledge. So I want to start here in, in, in teaching you about transitions because I want to speak to not so much where you're going or where you are, but I want to talk to you about the significance about, of where you came from. When I was, when I was transitioning, I, I shared this this morning, and some people, I don't care what they say. I only care that, they, that they're well spiritually, but, but you have to get to a point where you shake off comments and you don't care what people think. There are people who will judge you, have no reason to judge you. They say, he can't hear from God, but I hear from God for you. I could point to specific situations where I heard from God and your life changed. Right? I'm going to show you this is a crazy thing. No one had ever taught me how to exit. I've never quit anything in my life, Bobby. Never quit anything. My claim to fame, that I, if my father gave me anything by inheritance, it was resilience. He taught me how to get up. He taught me how to fight. We are fighters. My family are fighters. My brothers and I, we fought. We didn't care. We knew there was a risk in fighting. You can get me good, but I'm going to get you good too. That's a part of fighting. We understood how things worked. In the fight world, we were intrigued with fights. Taught me a lot of things, but it never taught me how to exit. So I knew how to grapple, how to engage, but I didn't know how to quit. I never remember in my life tapping out of a chokehold. I remember figuring out how to squeeze myself through, but never tapping out. Saying uncle, I just never uncled anything. And so when it came time, I got to a place in my life where I said, I can't do this anymore. This is not working for me. Something is wrong. It's not supposed to be like this. When I made my exit, when I, my exit ruined everything I had built. Because if you don't know how to go out, stands to reason you will start your life, start, or you can, you'll live your life rather starting over. And with that Backdrop, I want you to understand, I want you to look at this. The Bible says now, um, it, it, when you read this story, it's just eight verses of this chapter I want to kind of put on you. I want you to notice the language. All through this message, notice the language of God. You think going into something new is what's important. With God, it's not going in, it's coming out. Amen. These are the journeys of the children of Israel. The word journeys in the Hebrew is a word that means the movings on or the, the process of transition from one place to the next with a specific goal in mind. And this is interesting that Moses is writing this because this is towards the end of his life. He's not writing this for the old people who are dying in the wilderness. He's writing it for their children, the young people who are being raised up because the old people are going to die in the wilderness. They're not going into the promised land. But the young people, God said, they will. And so Moses is, is writing for them that they will know certain things. And here's what it says. It says, these are the journeys of the children of Israel, which went forth out of the land of Egypt with their armies under the hand of Moses and Aaron. Look at verse 2. It says, and Moses wrote their what? Out loud. He wrote their what? Notice he wrote their goings out. He didn't write their goings in. And if, he, if that was spoken only one time, 
then we can't make a doctrine out of it. But as I study this and go through scripture, I notice how God always emphasizes the goings out and not the goings in. So I've come into some money. That doesn't move God. What moves God is what you came out of to get into the money. I'm going into a relationship. That doesn't move God either. What did you come out of? How did it affect you? So the Bible says now, now this is interesting. It says, and Moses wrote their goings out according to their journeys by the commandment of the Lord. And these are their journeys according to their what? Now, there's a part of it I want to, when when this is translated into modern English, they use the word process instead of the word, or progress or whatever, instead of the word goings out. We're coming back to King James, but I want to show you something. Flip the New Living Translation, because this is the part I want you to get. At the Lord's direction, Moses kept a written record of their progress. These are the stages of their march identified by the different places where they stopped along the way. Now, flip back to King James. Let me help you out. So what, this, what the Bible says is that Moses didn't just start writing like this. Here's what God said to Moses. He said, Moses, I want you to document. Uh, this was from years ago. Document your coming out of Egypt. And every other time I stop you, because here's the thing, God orders our steps, but he names our stops. We hope you've enjoyed today's teaching courtesy of On Course with Art Ramsey. We invite you to join the NCC family for our weekly services in Dothan and Montgomery, Alabama and Atlanta, Georgia. For service times and locations, visit our website, nccfamily.org. Again, nccfamily.org. We invite you to follow Pastor Hart Ramsey on social media, on Twitter at Hart Ramsey, on Facebook at Hart Ramsey Media, and on Instagram at Hart Ramsey. Be sure to join us next time as we continue to dive into God's Word as we get on course with Hart Ramsey.